Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production, where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. You know, I'm a numbers guy. I'm, 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 I'm very much into uh, the stock market every day. I'm, I'm very practical about things. It's not like I, you know, I put a kerchief on and go outside under the trees and, okay, talk to me. I, that's not me. My mother was a very vibrant woman. She was uh, uh, not the type to just sit around the house, always dressed to kill. Just a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. One of the reasons why, for many, many years, I detested any kind of holiday, Christmas, Easter, New Year's, whatever, because um, in November of 1965, which, of course, I found out after the fact, she had discovered something while taking a shower, found a lump in her breast she said you know uh, it's nothing it's, it's probably a, a node or whatever those things are I'll take care of it after the holidays but the holidays can never be interrupted in my house that would have been a sacrilege in February the following year right after Christmas obviously in February she decides to go to the surgeon and have it looked at. Well, all hope broke loose. The very next morning, they had her in the hospital. Two days after that, they did a very radical mastectomy, which was the norm in those days. She turned 39 on September 1st of 1967. I had been accepted to a school in Manhattan called Loyola on Park Avenue and 83rd Street. Mind you, I live in New Jersey. My mother said to me, you're so fortunate to, to have been accepted. She said, that's where you need to be in your life. She says, you need to be in Manhattan. That's going to be the place for you, which turned out later, my career began here, yes. Two days into my freshman year, I went to see my mother that Monday in the hospital. She was okay, she wasn't okay, she was okay, she wasn't okay. I wanted to show her my blazer from Loyola, you know. And she said to me, Vincent, take care of your little brother. I said, he's nine years young. I said, what do you mean? When you come home, you'll take care of him. Do what I'm telling you, take care of him. I said, okay, mom, take care of him. That Wednesday morning, get to Loyola, one of the seniors comes to find me. Is your name Kiratola? Yeah. Well, 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 two days into my freshman year, what's the matter? They want you in the headmaster's office. I said, oh, my God, I've only been here two days. What could I possibly have done? I go, I knock. There's a very young priest standing off to the side. And with that, the headmaster walked away and left us alone. He said, hi, I'm Father Joseph O'Brien. I said, oh, hello. I, I had no idea what was going on. I was just too nervous. He said, God called your mother back home. 
of course, the big funeral, big wake. Young girl. And when somebody goes and they're young, it's bad. It's bad. She waited too long. I felt like something got taken away from me. And I was mad at her. I was actually mad at her when I found out she decided not to see a surgeon. I think this, it was a choice that she made not to disrupt the holidays. And I was very angry with her. I was so pissed off because I felt she could have headed it off. You know, you leave dad, you leave me, you leave Anthony. Why? Why? Because of a f holiday? So a week later, I go back, resume my freshman year at Loyola. And I didn't want to go for any reason. I just wanted to stay home. Get to the train station, 178th Street, take the subway, switch, take another subway, cross town bus. I was always late for something in those days, but going across the street. You know, New York, big scary city. It's like club soda, it just keeps bubbling. You know, the city used to be full of those big checker cabs in those days. Big monstrosities. You don't see them anymore. And as I'm about to go, I see this thing coming at me. Somebody pulls me this way. But as I looked, just looked up and regained some composure, I see a woman. And she's got these big Jackie Kennedy sunglasses on. This beautiful auburn hair and a kerchief on and a gorgeous coat. And just the faintest of a little smile. <laughs> My mother had the most gorgeous, gorgeous auburn hair. She would wear a kerchief when she thought there was a possibility there'd be even a breeze, let alone the wind. And her coats were always the stuff of legends. There's the woman with the auburn hair, with the kerchief, and with the big sunglasses. And then people walk in front of her and she's gone. I know it's my mother. But that's all I know. It was kind of like when I did look up, it just dawned on me. <laughs> Gee, I just got saved. I think that what my mother did very clearly was not want to give up the fight. No, no, no young girl wants to leave two, two young sons and, and, a, and a wonderful husband. Um, and I think that she making, having made that mistake of waiting for months before she actually did anything about this, this, this foreign mass that was in her breast. I think that my mother's, my mother's answer to that, her energy is to to watch her children, to watch her two sons, and, and and just be something that waiting for. Maybe she'll have like a nice pot of something delicious, you know, when I go and I meet up with her. Maybe that's the way it's gonna work out.
Hello, everybody. My name is Cleek Keith, author of Ghost of Greystone, Beverly Hills, and you are listening to Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast with my friend Aaron Hunter. Welcome. I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult, and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron here, and it is Monday, August 7th, 2023, episode 301. How's everyone out there around the world doing? And man, as always, glad to be back in the hot seat. As far as announcements are concerned, man, it's cooled off over here. Upper 70s, lower 80s. I just feel bad for, you know, California and you guys down there in Phoenix. You know, geez, you guys are boiling. Yeah, hang in there. And as far as uh, Aaron's heart show for tomorrow, Tuesday, he was gone last week. But I haven't heard anything from him yet, but we'll see. We'll find out. And Terry was out last week, but he's back. There's a brand new episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments for Wednesday. And as usual, this Friday, a double feature of entertaining short films will be released. So don't miss out. And, and, I went to the Humane Society. I got a cat. Yeah. My, uh, my dog died last year in January. You know, I got him. I saved him, too. Uh, he was 10 months old. Uh, he lived to be 19. Yeah. Lots of adventures, man. Missed the guy. But, you know, I held off. I wasn't sure if I want to get another pet. Kind of sucks when you outlive your pets. You guys know that. But I said, well, I'm going to go to Humane Society and see what's going on. Looked at the cats. There's three. I n- narrowed it down to three. They've been there the longest, which is only five months. I don't think five months is really that long. But, you know, you heard of other pets being there for a year or more. But, uh, so, it's these three cats. One's called Legend. The other one's called Sally. And the one that I picked, I'm not going to tell the name just yet. This is what the story's all about. So, Legend, actually, they told me he has a origin story. Well, not an origin, origin story, but uh, he has a story. And it ends up that his owner got shot right in front of him, murdered in the house. And when they went there you know to the murder scene the cops police and all that law enforcement uh they found the cat legend he was covered in the owner's blood you know he got you know uh, i don't know we'll just say it's a shotgun he got killed with and his blood just sprayed all over the place and so they said he has some uh, anxiety issues he doesn't like to be left alone uh so he's going to be constantly following you and i thought to myself hey you know i get it that's not bad and you know he's a lap cat but he doesn't like to be picked up so, you know, don't pick him up. He'll get, you know, he'll jump on your lap or whatever, follow you around. So I said, okay. And I looked at, um, you know, the other cat. I find out it was a, you know, beautiful looking cat. And I found out that uh, she has kidney problems. So she has this special kidney food for four pounds. The cheapest you can get is right around $33 for four pounds. And I said, eh, man, it's too bad. I feel for the cat, but... I'm not prepared to uh, be spending that much money, and uh, especially for four pounds of food. And so, here's this other cat, and I've uh, been there, you know, right around five months too. And uh, it's a two-year-old female, uh, a tabby, big cat, not fat, but uh, she's uh, just big boned, which is kind of cool. And so, very friendly, nothing wrong with her, you know. Picked her up, carried her around. She starts purring. 
very friendly. She's not been declawed, you know, that's it's pretty bad when you declaw cats. It's very, very painful for them. So all her claws are there. And, uh, and I have to admit, the reason why I went with this cat is due to her given name. And guess what her name is? Ouija, right? <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. So I said, I'll take this one. So yeah, I got Ouija now. She's over here at the uh, RPA mansion. She's exploring right now. Don't know where she's at, but she's a lab cat too. She comes and visits in the uh, RPA studio over here. And so, yeah, working out great. Very friendly. She's uh, been exploring for, uh, I got her yesterday. So been exploring for uh, two days now. So yeah, everything's a-okay. So enough of that. Sorry, I can ramble on. But uh, hey, let's get the show on the road. And you guys know what that means. Come on, say it with me. Say it with me. That's right, too. The story den. Follow me right this way. No pushing, no shoving. And the fans are going. Man, it's nice and cool in here. As usual, grab a beanbag over there in the corner. Find an empty spot on the floor. And don't forget to grab a popsicle out of the freezer over there. And while you guys are doing that, get behind my desk here. All right. I printed off Britt's uh, packet. Thank you, Britt. And let's see what story she picked out for us today. All right. Well, we got a long one and uh, two medium ones. All right. Let me take a sip of my green tea real quick. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. So good when it hits the lips. All right. The first one. This one is by Sheld. And it's titled, The Voice. Okay, Sheld, let's see what you got, man. This encounter got to my nerves. The event took place on the winter of 2015. It was either a Thursday night or a Saturday night. Mine's a bit hazy on it. It was nighttime around 1 a.m. It was a cold New Zealand winter night. And we had the fire on to warm up the house. The fireplace was recently replaced due to earthquake damage, and the new council bylaw had put in new regulations for only certain fireplaces can be put in. Log burners, pellet burners, that sort of thing. If caught with a smoky chimney, it would be a fine. Anyways, back to the story. I was watching television as I normally do, on that night and patting the cat and dog. And, of course, keeping an eye on the fire to see if it needed to be restocked. Around 10 p.m. or 10.30 p.m., my father went to bed and the animals followed him. I was the only one awake in the lounge, sitting on the couch watching cable TV. I noticed the fire needed to be restocked as it was getting low on wood. So I just left it going for another few minutes until the next advert break. Once the advert break came on... I went to go outside to get the wood from the back door. We keep the wood there as it's easier to bring it inside to the fireplace. As I went outside, I heard my dad's voice say my name. I answer back, no reply. So I said again, what dad? No reply. I tried again and I heard him say, what? I asked if he called my name. He said no and he went back to sleep. I don't know what it was but it creeped me out it happened as soon as I opened the back door and picked up wood it still spooks me 
to this day. Love RPA. And man, that's from Sheld Sheld. Thank you very much for sharing. Great story. Yeah, it's short, simple. And uh, yeah, that would creep me out. Yeah. Over there in New Zealand, you know, 1 a.m., all's quiet. You're the only one still up. <laughs> and you, you hear something that sounds like your dad calling your name for something. And you're, you know, sound so real that you reply. Yeah, that's, uh, that would spook me. Yeah, Sheldon, thank you very much for sharing. All right, what's next? What do we got? Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This one is by MK and it's titled Intruder. Okay, MK, let's see what you got, man. My mother, sister, and I had just moved into a new home. It was about 7 p.m. and the sun had just set. I had been in my room on my laptop and realized I was pretty hungry. The house was quiet when I walked out of my bedroom and I wondered where my mom was. I looked all around the house and the backyard but couldn't find her. I then walked out the side door which led to the front of our detached garage. I opened the door and could see light spilling out of the garage as the garage door was open to just below my knees. I walked closer and stopped as I could see a man's legs standing in the garage. He wore beige long pants and sneakers. I knew it belonged to a guy because he had very large feet and my mom never wore clothing like that. I freaked out. I thought someone had broken into our garage. I ran around the house to the backyard and tried to think what to do. I didn't own a cell phone so I couldn't call the police. It took me about two minutes to decide, but I plucked up some courage and went to the side garage door. I yelled at him to leave right now, and that I called the police. I was ready for a fight when my mom opened the door. She looked pretty bewildered at why I'd be yelling at her like that. I asked her frantically if there was someone in there with her, and she told me it was just her. I looked past her into the garage and there was no one there. It was an empty garage beside some boxes. I explained to her about what I'd seen and she went pale in the face. She'd been in the garage for about an hour sorting out boxes. The whole time she felt like something was watching her and she was too scared to turn around in case she saw something. It really freaked her out and she confessed some of her own experiences of seeing a young man. Not long after this experience, my mom had to go see the owners of the house. I can't remember why, but it was privately rented through them. She came back and told me that when she was in the house, she saw a picture of a man who looked like our ghost. It turns out the owner's son had died of cancer when he was 19. We never told the owner about the ghost we kept seeing and we never found out why he was drawn to that house. Uh, thanks for reading and letting me share this experience. And that's from MK. MK, 
man, thank you for sharing. Loved it. Yeah, that is curious. You know, at first I was thinking, well, you know, that must have been his childhood home. He died there. Uh, the parents, you know, decided to keep the property, move to a new home, and renting out the old uh, family home. But it sounds like most likely is that um, his parents uh, just bought rental property to, you know, make some income. So he's not really attached to that, um, you know, to the house you're renting, it sounds like. Yeah, I don't know why he's there if it wasn't his childhood home. You know, of course, if it was his childhood home, it would make sense why he's still hanging around there. But yeah, interesting. It sounds like he's not doing anything to scare you, just kind of hanging out. You got some weird vibes, or at least your mom did, in the garage. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, MK. Great story. All right. What's next? What do we got? This one is by Tom, and it's titled Grandma's Friend. Okay, Tom. Let's see what you got, man. The year was 1980, and I was 14 years old. My parents and two younger sisters were living in Saudi Arabia, where my father was stationed as part of a phone system upgrade project for the kingdom. The school for expats, which were Americans, British, Canadians, and others from all over the world, only went up to grade 9 in Saudi Arabia. And so for the grade 10 school year, I was sent back to Canada to live with my grandmother in a small Ontario town not far from Ottawa. My grandmother lived alone, my grandfather having died long before I was born. She was very religious and very involved with her church community along with her regular Sunday attendance. My family didn't practice any religion and never went to church, so it took some getting used to on my part being away from my family for the first time. Living in a small rural town and living in a religious household. Further complicating things, I inadvertently crossed the school bully early on in the school year. I was the new kid. I had a hard time adjusting to this environment and as a result I stopped going to school. This upset my grandmother deeply and she sent me to see a doctor who prescribed me some kind of antidepressant. I just threw the entire bottle out the window. Drugging me was not the solution. I would take my bike and go to the library or find a park on a nice fall day and read books. At night, I would stay up and watch late-night TV, like The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. The apartment was on the second floor of a house by the railroad tracks on the north edge of town. It was old and musty, and the floorboards and steps would creak. There was only one entrance to the place, and if anyone came in, I would be able to see them coming up the stairs and pass by the living room where I was watching TV. One night in November, I heard my grandmother sobbing from her room, which was down the hall. I knew I was the cause of her distress because I had stopped going to school and she didn't know how to deal with me. Then I heard her talking. At first I thought she was talking to herself as this was 1980 and there were no cell phones and she did not have a phone in her room. The only phone was in the hall and she wasn't in the hall. Then. A man's voice responded to her. Don't worry, Anna, he said. Chills ran up my spine and I froze in my chair. The voice was deep and clear and in the house. 
And yet, I had been in the living room all evening and no one had come into the house. I heard her sobbing some more and one more time the voice spoke, everything will be all right. I remained in the chair until dawn. I'll never know if that was my imagination or my grandmother speaking in a different voice to herself or perhaps, as I imagined at the time, it could have been the voice of my grandfather's spirit comforting my grandmother. Now, whatever the case, I have never forgotten that moment nor the feeling of creepy dread that crawled up my spine as something from the other world seemed to pass into this one for the moment. Thanks for reading. Oh man, and that's from Tom. Tom, thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, love the story and creepy. Yeah, you know, who knows? It um, Obviously, you're, if it was, you know, a spirit of some sort, looks like your grandmother trusted it and knew who she was talking to. And you're hearing that voice. Yeah, that would be creepy. Huh. Interesting stuff. But it sounds like uh, whatever it was, was reassuring your grandmother, trying to, uh, you know, let her know everything's going to be okay. Yeah, it's a feel-good story, actually. Yeah, Tom, thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, great story, man. It would still creep me out, though. <laughs> and that's it, guys. That's all the stories that uh, Britt sent us. And as always, we're flattered that you come over here and visit the RPA Network. And, you know, we're just glad that you're enjoying the content that we're releasing. You may not enjoy everything, but I'm open. The reason why you guys are keep on coming back is there's something here you like. Yeah, so thank you very much. And with that, I'm calling it. The show's been produced by myself and Britt, and it's also made possible by LaFosse Corporation. And man, we love you guys. Oh yeah, we do. As always, thank you, and good night.